Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Hey, She Slayers, and welcome to another episode of She Slays the Day podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren Brunswick, and today we have an OB on, and we're talking about toxicity and celiacs. It's gonna be good. Um, Before we jump in, I... (laughs) have, can we just have a moment? Can we just a a you and me private moment where you don't judge me? And we all just admit that we're doing our damn best as parents, but are failing. Okay. So my 10 year old, oh my God, she would be mortified if she knew I was talking about her. So don't tell her. So my 10 year old has gotten to the age where she's starting to have friends and, you know, she had friends before kind of, but like sleepovers are starting to become a thing. And so I'm learning how in, you know, the, are we in the 21st century or the 22nd? I think 21st, but even though it's 2022, I'm not really sure. I can't in this moment remember. Anyways, so it's 2022, this day and age, I'm trying to navigate how you figure out like how to send your kid over to somebody's house without knowing who their parents are. So Charlie's is like messaging this kid on Uh, through messenger or something. And like, in order for them to be able to talk, the moms had to become friends or something like that. It's like a Facebook rule. And so she reaches out and says like, Hey, the girls are talking about a sleepover. I suggested they do a play date first. I'm like, yeah, great idea. I'm thinking that this is because she's worried about, you know, just like a, a sleepover is a long time for a kid. I'm like, yeah, great idea. They can, she, your daughter can either come to my house or my daughter can come to your house. And she's like, I was actually thinking we could meet up at the splash pad. Uh, What's your schedule like Wednesday? Now, before I continue with this story, I should have prefaced, I am not judging this mom. This is more insight as to how much of a shit show I am as a mom. So in my head, I'm just like, oh God, I work all day Wednesday. The last thing I want to do is have social interaction with a stranger on my lunch break. Why can't we just like, oh, skip that part. And so I said like, oh, I work all day. And then I'm realizing like, okay, you're not going to get over this. She wants to meet you. You probably should meet her too. This is the responsible thing this parent is doing. And so I'm like, but I could come on my lunch break from 1230 to two. And she's like, oh, that's great. Should we pack a picnic? And I'm just like, oh my God, woman, 
woman, you are making my life. And I'm just like, yeah, that would be amazing. And she, and then luckily by the grace of God, she was like, okay, we can pack the picnic for everybody. Just like, let me know how many. And I'm like, okay, all have eaten just my girls. That would be amazing. Let me know if you need me to pick up juice boxes or cheese sticks or some shit. I didn't say that. Oh, I offered to bring something. So I go, she's lovely. It's, it was very, very nice meeting her. But it, what was really funny is that I am apparently enough of a shit show that while I was telling Kirby, like before the meetup, but after talking to her, I'm telling Kirby like, oh my God. And then she said, should we pack a picnic? Charlie, who was apparently listening in the other room, starts laughing and going, <laughs> she suggested a picnic? Okay, now I know why it was funny to me, but then I'm like, With, yeah, why is that? Why do you know that's funny? And like Charlie just innately knew that like I am just not that mom and this other mom is totally that mom. And so like when another mom who's being amazing is like, should we back a picnic? I'm just like, ugh, really? Fuck, yeah, that would be the good thing to do. And it's just like even my own 10-year-old knows that you know, I'm just doing my best. And I, I very much made it clear to Charlie. I'm like, hey, just so you know, I'm not making fun of this other mom. She's like, oh, no, I know. She's like, it's just funny because like you don't want to have social interaction and don't make picnics. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right. That that's ex that is exactly why it's funny. But man, you really nailed me on the head. Damn, I guess I'm showing my cards to my kids. No pretending that I have my shit together for my kids even, y'all. Don't worry. Don't worry. So that's that's where we're at. 2022, meeting parents and um, having to do play dates and doing the last thing I want to do. But it's good. It's good. It's necessary. This is the safe things we are supposed to do as parents. Um, okay, what else is new? In practice, we are rolling out this week. We are rolling out automatic or... Yeah, wait, automated, that's the word I'm looking for. I mean, automatic is there too. Scheduling to our patients and they are loving it so far. Um, so we use SCED, which we've used for a while, but we haven't used this feature. And ultimately I was taught, well, I wasn't talking to Eric, the owner. I was watching one of their training webinars and, you know, he's talking, he said something on the training webinar where it just really clicked that it's like, listen, if I want to see, if I want to easily see a thousand people a week amongst multiple clinics, I'm not going to be able to hold on to this level of control. And I'm going to need to, you know, enable my patients to schedule their own people. And I was just talking to Courtney Kayla. I did an interview with her last week and she's got a great practice and she lets them schedule and Rachel Whaley like has a huge practice and gives up control. So I'm like, okay, if these women can do it, I can too. So we like made this postcard with the instructions for patients on like how to download the app, what code to put in for our office number. And we like got this little bistro set and said like, you could win this. Um, and patients are loving it. One of the things I was not prepared for was them like complimenting me as a business owner, um, I had three people the first day just go like, you run such a great business. And like, they were just impressed that we were offering this service. And I was like, oh, 
Thanks. You should see me try and pack a picnic. No, just kidding. <laughs> Not really. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's where we're at. That's where we're at in practice and life. You, you guys got the 411. Um, if you are listening to this before June 28th, which would be cutting it real short. So one, good for you for being like Johnny on the spot and listening to the podcast as soon as possible. You still have time to get access to our pediatric webinar we are doing on Tuesday, June 28th. It is a free webinar. Well, it's not really free. Okay, here's... Mm. It's free for all of our Patreons. Our Patreons are the people who are supporting us at patreon.com um, at either the $3.99, the $12.99, or the $24.99 level. So this month only, everybody, no matter what tier you are at, is getting access to this training that we're doing on bringing more kids in and handling objections on getting kids under care. Um, next month in July, if it's after June 28th, you missed it, but you still do have an opportunity to get regular trainings from me, um, either at the mid-level tier, the $12.99, or you get even more. You get pretty much a live group coaching call once a month at that $24.99 level, where we will just go deep into issues, answer Q&A, and yeah, it's like that live coaching. So you still have time to sign up for Patreon, okay? Um, let's jump to our guest though. Okay. So it's Dr. Wendy Trubo. She's a hoot. I liked her, you know, like she is, um, she got some, some, uh, some pizzazz to her. So I think you're going to like her. Um, so she has a ton of credentials. She is going to, you know, she's got a very solid medical background and she's going to talk about her story and how she transitioned into really her focus of helping women achieve vitality in her life. Her own journey has given her support and her methods of care. She has struggles with mold and metal toxicity, celiac disease, a variety of other health issues. Um, and she has a deep sense of compassion for what women are facing um, when they come to her. So adding that experience, her personal journey, and her intense focus on women's transformations, and you have one powerful force of a woman. Uh, when she's not helping patients in her practice, she is alongside her husband, Ed, and four kids, creating a beautiful ecosystem um, in their yard that provides nourishment to both body and soul. And if you're interested in learning more about her journey to health and how you can replicate what she's done, she wrote a very fun book, Dirty Girl, Ditch the Toxins, Look Great and Feel Freaking Amazing. And Kirby will, of course, have um, that link below so you could buy that book if you want to. I don't get any kickback, but it sounds like a fun book. Uh, she makes a joke about like, don't just go Google searching Dirty Girl. Maybe use the link below. <laughs> Or just make sure you have the full title when you Google it. Dirty girl, ditch the toxins, look great, and feel freaking amazing. I don't think that will bring up anything inappropriate. So let's pray and let's do this thing. Dear God, thank you so much for the gifts that you have given me to rapidly change and adapt to uh, personal and professional things. Help the parents listening who resonated with the picnic mom. Dude. They probably feel inadequate in other places in their life. Let them know that like, we see you picnic mom and you're amazing. Um, and then also be with all the women that resonated on my side of the story of like, shit, I wish I could be that put together to put together a picnic for a play date. Let us know that like, 
Uh, it's okay. Your kids are loved. You love them. You are doing a great job in so many other areas. And let us not compare our highlight reel or other people's highlight reel um, to just their normal life. So let everyone just take a big old freaking chill pill and know that they are awesome. And you have put them here to do the work that they are doing and learn the lessons they are learning, no matter whether they are making picnics or not. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, here is my conversation with Dr. Wendy Trubo. Enjoy. Dr. Wendy Trubo, thank you for joining me on the podcast. I'm excited to have you today. It's a great to be here. My pleasure. Um, I can, I'm constantly on the search for a better way that is not cheesy because I feel like I start podcasts with that so often of like, welcome to the show. And it really implies that you're in for a cheesy um, situation and yeah. we get, totally we get, disagree. You, you don't, what's your totally favorite way you've been welcomed? I don't know. Cause I'm looking for a better way. I mean, you want to welcome, right? It's like welcoming yeah, people yeah. is such a momentous thing to do. So because it's heartfelt, it doesn't come across as cheesy at all. It comes across as I, I got the experience, like you're happy I'm here. And I was like, well, I'm happy and to be I here. And then I ruined it. And then I ruined it right away by being like, I oh, hate it. Be that. nice to yourself. No, be nice to yourself. No. So that, so let's talk about that. <laughs> See, I told you, welcome. We're here. here. We go. What I should have said is what up, girl? Welcome to the show. Ooh, Amen like to that too. But like, I think, Lauren, what you really highlight is how hard we are on ourselves. Yeah. As, I, don't, I don't know about if it's just women, but certainly humans are really quick to be like, oh, that wasn't good when it was great. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. You're, you're a great guest already. Okay. Well, what up, Dr. T? Thanks. Yo, for being great here. to be here. So you are an OB. You've written a book, Dirty Girl, um, and you're obsessed with women's health. So yes. we are going to talk about Oh my gosh, I'm excited because I don't even Everything. really know all the different topics that we're going to cover today, but it's going to be great. Um, start by giving my listeners kind of your your background. How sure. did you get to this point in life? I don't need your birth story. Although as an OB, I'm it matters. Of- it totally matters. <laughs> but like, you know, we just give me the highlights. Okay, highlights. My story has two major peaks. The preface to the first peak, and I'll make it brief, is I'm a hot mess from a genetic standpoint. I have two copies of a bunch of major uh, dysfunctional genes that throw Mm -hmm. off my ability to process B vitamins, detox, and put me at risk for celiac disease. So peak one was when I was 35, I got diagnosed with celiac after being mineral and nutrient deficient for 20 years having gut dysfunction for 15 years, and then basically being completely dysfunctional. Like I was the primary breadwinner. I got out of bed because I had to, Mm -hmm. you know, I had to, didn't have any choice, but I was really messy and was fatigued, brain fog, asthma, wasting, all the gut stuff, you know, bloating, gas, diarrhea, constipation on the same day. Sometimes my joints hurt. I had fertility issues. My periods were bad. You name it. I pretty much had it. I didn't have, I did have anxiety at the time, actually. And I'm not really, I'm high strung, but I'm not anxious. I just Mm -hmm. run hot. Right. So that was peak one. I was 35. I went gluten-free, discovered functional medicine, started to work on my gut, got really much better. And then when I was 48, had what I didn't know at the time, or didn't really, didn't really, I, I knew at the time, but I didn't give it as much weight as I should have. I had a lead exposure and my hair started falling out. 
And I forgot about the lead exposure. You know, this is where like you get human, it's hard to treat yourself. So fast Mm. forward, I'm 49, I have another lead exposure, but I didn't know it. The first lead exposure was my neighbor taking his house down. The second lead exposure, we went to France in 2019. And it was right after Notre Dame burned. And we slogged through all this dust, spent a week right around that area. And as soon as I came home the next month, my hair loss accelerated and I started, I gained nine pounds, like just like that, which no woman wants to do, right? No, no one's like, cool, let me gain almost 10 pounds. And I had a rash on my face that was like, you know, it was, it was on my eyes, my eyelids, my, my, under my nose, my chin. I wanted to rip my face off. And I'm like, what is going on here? It took me a few months because I didn't know until a few months later that when Notre Dame burned, it released 500 tons of lead dust into the air. And we were slogging through it and I got a lead exposure. Lead exposure can be that. Yes. Like whenever I talk, when people talk about like, oh, mm. careful of lead, I picture them like repeatedly eating paint. Right, like, like licking the window cells. Once. Like yes, I thought, yeah. and this is, shoot, I should have not eaten paint that one time. Um, <laughs> like, so it can be that boom. It, yeah, I mean, I had a patient who was stripping the windowsills in her home with her husband, they were stripping them to get them back to the natural wood color. And I happened to test her lead about a week later and her lead was ridiculous. So you can get these exposures. And oftentimes we don't think, you know, you can get lead living in a home built before 1978 that settles as it settles the, where it settles makes dust and that dust has little lead particles in it. So you breathe it, you touch it, you inhale it, you eat it, you get it into you. Mm -hmm. So there's tons of ways to get it. And I didn't recognize till point Mm -hmm. two that I had it and then did the testing, had already figured out I had mycotoxins and mycotoxins are the mold toxins that live in your body when you get exposed to moldy buildings or moldy foods or water damage, things like that. So I already knew I had that. I did the test right before we went to Notre Dame. And then I figured out the lead a few months later because I didn't feel well. And I'm like the poster child for healthy living. So I cut out alcohol 16 years ago because I didn't feel well when I drank it. And I've been on a gluten-free diet for also 16 years. I got diagnosed right after I delivered my second child. And I don't eat sugar. I don't eat processed carbs. We eat organic. I try to get enough sleep. I try not to be a nasty person, like all that, right? I'm like poster child. Perfect, actually. But, <laughs> but no, I'm really, glad that this was not an episode that I decided to bring my Diet Coke to. <laughs> oh, thank you, universe, right? You're like, phew, dodged a bullet there. You so, drink yeah. coffee? No, I, can you imagine me hopped up on anything? Like, this is how I am. All right, all right. So all right. I don't do any of that stuff, right? I'm like really boring on paper. If you put me on and paper, you'd be like, universe so gave you lead. They're like, ha, bitch, take this. <laughs> right, right, take that and take some mycotoxins with a side of pesticides. So I had all this and, and I was really messy from a health standpoint. So I was like, what the hell's going on? So I did all the tests, looked at my husband and said, I am such a dirty girl. And then I said, oh, we're writing that book. Because I'm the poster child and I have it. So what does everyone else have? Mm-hmm. Ignorance is bliss, Lauren. Ignorance is bliss. But knowledge is power. Figure out so what you stand. what kind of testing did you do? Because, yeah, you know, so I live in the Midwest. Um, it is, we've got basements around here, uh, which I actually didn't know was a thing that like parts of the country don't have basements. Yeah. <laughs> no no basement, no Florida basements because it's yeah. too wet. Right. <laughs> 
And so we have basements and they yeah. do get wet. And so we all, we all got mold. I live in a house that's from the 1930s. We got, we definitely got let. So what kind of testing are, do you do yeah. for yeah, so you're, you're definitely going to need to work with a functional medicine provider just to get access to the testing and a mm-hmm. functional medicine provider, is someone who's interested in the root cause of medicine, you know, how do you get, how do you get underneath it and fix it? So the testing, and because I do functional medicine, I'm like, oh, I'll just test myself, right? They do say physician heal thyself. So the, the, it's really nice. The testing's all urine, you do it at home. The heavy, the testing for heavy metals. So that's really what we're testing in the lead. We're also looking for mercury, arsenic. You can look at gadolinium if you had a bunch of scans, thallium. Um, There's a whole bunch, right? So that's urine test. You do a baseline test and that looks at, did you have an acute exposure? Okay. It'll show up for four to six weeks. And then that'll also show up in the blood for four to six weeks. But after that, your body recognizes, whoa, this is really toxic. And you're going you're gonna to hide it away in your fat and your organs and your bones, which is why women will say, oh, I can't lose any weight. Right. I eat the best diet and I exercise and I sleep. I'm not losing weight. I'm like, you got toxins. That's why. So Does the, it affect men different though? Because like- Yeah, men are easier to detox. Uh, their livers are a little bit better at detox than women's are. So- Wow, those yeah, we, okay. we got the short end of the stick on that one. So, so the second test for uh, metals is a provoked test where you take a medicine and that causes metals to come out and you bind it and you pee it out. And so that t- gives you a sense of like, do you have low, medium or high levels of metals that you need to address and which ones? That's the metals. And then what's really nice is the mycotoxins, which is the mold the environmental toxins, which is like gasoline fumes, plastics, pesticides, beauty products, nail polish, lotion, hair, shampoo, whatever, all of that, dry cleaning, perchlorate, all that stuff, plus the herbicides, pesticides, insecticides are all one urine test. You can do it together. It's expensive, but you can do it all at once or you can break it up and do it separately. But either way, it's a urine test that you do. And to do that, you take glutathione, which helps detox, Mm -hmm. take a hot bath, wait a half hour and pee. That's the test. Super easy. Okay. So (laughs) I want to rewind. Yes. So you went to school to be an OB. I did. When did functional medicine come into the picture? I was 35 years old and I felt terrible. And my husband was mentoring with a local functional medicine doctor. And he said, why don't you see him for a consult? And he did what I considered at the time to be a ridiculously big workup. Now I'm like, ah, that's child's play, right? But at the time I was really stunned by all the things he was looking at because he was looking at all my minerals, my nutrients, my vitamin D, my food sensitivities. And he tested me for celiac and he said, Hey, you've, you've celiac. And I, I was just talking to him earlier in the week. And I said, do you remember before my follow-up visit, I called you and I said, you have to tell me what's wrong because what if I have diabetes? Do I have diabetes? And he's like, he said to me, I don't remember that conversation. And my husband's like, I do. Cause you made me call him. You were so anxious. So I was worried that I had diabetes because at the time there were no continuous glucose monitors. So you would have to stick your fingers. And I've always just really felt protective of my fingers, shall we say. I don't want to stick them. So <laughs> he's like, no, you don't have diabetes. You have celiac. I said, oh, my dad has celiac. I said, it's genetic. It's worse. <laughs> right? <laughs> so I, I was like, oh, that's just gluten. My dad has that. I can get rid of gluten. So 
uh, that was, that was my exposure to functional medicine. And then my husband started doing it within the next year as a practitioner. And then I got mad that, okay, all right, Lauren, I'll tell, I'll tell him. So I, I got mad that I couldn't do what he was doing. And well, that's I, what I was going to ask is like, were you working for a hospital? Like, cause we've all been like gone to a seminar and been like, this is amazing. And then you get on Monday and you're like, okay, how, how do I start doing that? Yes. So my husband was doing it. So I got some biosmosis cause we would talk about it. And then here, here was the linchpin. I had as an OB, you know, it's OBGYN. So we're seeing women for all causes. And, and I used to joke about Fridays being what I'll call vaginitis Fridays, all the women who had an itch. And then on Friday, they're like, my boyfriend's coming to town. My husband's coming home from travel. I got to get the itch fixed. Right. So, so they would come in on Fridays and I had this patient who came in every other Friday. And after like eight of these Fridays, I finally said to her, buddy, I think you have a food sensitivity and I can't do that testing here. Go see my husband. He's already set up down the street with the functional medicine practice, but I think you have a wheat allergy, a gluten allergy. And she was so funny. She's from Ireland and she goes, hmm, beer or sex? I'll think about it. But she went to see him and it turns out she had celiac, which is a wheat allergy at its worst form eliminated the gluten, her vaginitis went away. And I was like, wait, I should be doing that for people, but why I can't, I can't do that. Right. Right. And by the way, she diagnosed her 11 family members who were back in Ireland with celiac. So she basically transformed her whole family's health because it has really nasty health consequences. So, so we go back and, and I, it just became like, I want to do this for people because they're um, babies, you know, here's the secret babies kind of deliver themselves, you know, the uterus contracts, it will push most of the babies out. So, and then there's a lot of people who can do C-sections and then there's a lot of people who can do surgery to take out a uterus. So I wasn't needed there, but there aren't a lot of people with my skills to take care of women mm -hmm. and to look at the root cause and to get down and dirty. There weren't that many of us. And it was my passion play. It was like, I got to do that. So when I was <laughs> I was, uh, my husband had opened up this place and I was I didn't know I was pregnant, but it was over Thanksgiving weekend. And I said to my husband, I, I need to leave my job. That's it. I need to come on board. No, Lauren, he was not drawing a salary yet. Okay. This isn't like <laughs> real life. I'm coming. Yeah. We <laughs> weren't flush. We weren't rolling in it. He was not yet drawing a salary. And I was like, I got to come on board. And it's a, it's a 90 day turnaround because of, of insurance. So he's like, okay, honey. So I go to my high school reunion that weekend. I tell them all I'm losing, I'm, I'm leaving my job. Monday morning, I submit my resignation. It's effective three months later. What happens Tuesday morning? Dead silence, right? You're like, I don't know. I find out I'm pregnant with our third child oh, right. and I'm going to go work at our startup where neither of us is going to get a salary. And I'm like, yeah, no, we're getting, how's that maternity leave going to go? <laughs> right. It's going great. Right. I was like, oh, what have I done? But it all worked out. You know, it always works out. So it worked out. And I went into function. a follow-up email. Oopsie doodle. Uh, I take it back. Uh, that was, uh, yeah. Scratch. I take it back. No, I, we just kept going. And I, it all worked out. But it was hairy, nerve-wracking at that point. <laughs> so why, I mean, this is, a, this is a loaded question. But like, why does our testing still suck, still suck so much? 
in the hospital setting, when we have the capability to test for these things within functional medicine, like functional medicine is incredible. And I have all these papers, so we don't have someone in our town. I live in a really small town nearest functional medicine docs, probably like an hour and a half away. And, but we've got Lyme disease up the wazoo. We've got mold up the wazoo. We, you know, I'm in a farming town. So we've got pesticides and, oh, like, between dermatology what okay what do they teach in dermatology school because like okay week one put a steroid on it week two we're done we're done like there's no so like how is what functional medicine done or in like doing how is that not gravitating to becoming more mainstream doesn't it break your heart so so let's back up a step okay a hundred years ago, you had a true family doctor. They came to your house. They they could see, oh, you're at a risk of falling and oh, you're getting these exposures. They could actually see the totality of your life. And then as medicine evolved, we got very, and then fast forward 30 years into the pharmaceutical generation. You know, we we discovered penicillin. And from that moment, the the pharmaceutical generation was born where the race is on to find a pill to fix that problem. Okay. And the next 50 years are spent using the pill to fix the problem because it makes sense to people. You have a problem, let's fix it. And forgetting about the, all the impact of the pesticide, the mold, the stress, the food, all of that, we forgot about the exposures and what they did to us. And we didn't know about epigenetics and the impact of what happens to your ancestors impacts their genes and your likelihood of expressing that gene. It's total craziness. So we, you know, we've been evolving. And then 30 years ago, the functional medicine group starts to say, hey, there's like a better way here, except it was considered quackery. And so you really have to get, I'm sorry, as a chiropractor, I've never heard that term before. Quackery. Quackery? Oh yeah. It's like fake medicine, right? Quackery. I'm I'm joking. I'm joking. Oh, 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 I was, no, I was like, I love chiropractors. So, so it's this whole evolution. Yeah, no, it's terrible. So, so basically, you know, we're we're saying the earth is round and the world is saying, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. That hasn't been proven yet. Mm -hmm. So it, there's just this lag. And so I have to tell you, Lauren, one of my first functional medicine patients, she was 35. She still sticks in my brain, 35 years old. No, she was 33 when we started. I apologize. 33 years old. That's young. She had a cardiologist because she had high blood pressure. She had a neurologist because she had hypertension. She had a psychiatrist because she had anxiety. She had a gastroenterologist because she had gut dysfunction, bloating, gas, diarrhea, irritable bowel. She had an OBGYN who was me. And she had a primary care doctor, six doctors, one woman. And I said to her, you are too young to have all these doctors. So we do all this testing. She's severely sensitive to gluten. I don't mean to make gluten like the, the rallying call. It just keeps happening that these are my examples today. So she's severely sensitive to gluten. She goes off of it. Her irritable bowel gets better. Her anxiety gets better. Her hypertension is gone. Her headaches are gone. She doesn't need her her specialist any longer. Not a single one called me to say, what did you do? How did you get my patient off her medicine? So it's that, so it's this, this very bad combination of being focused on an easy, quick fix 
and not having any bandwidth to look sort of look up from the from what we're looking at and say, hey, wait, what's going on? A big picture view. We're really drilled down into the minutia of I have seven minutes. I need to make the most of it. Let's mm-hmm. keep let's keep going here. Well, and so I don't know. You maybe you don't deal with this as much now because you're kind of in this. I, I imagine from talking to you that like the patients who call you are kind of at this point where they're like, ah, I am desperate. Yeah. I need something different. Yeah. But back when you were like in the hospital setting, mm-hmm. did you feel like, th- like why even waste your breath telling patients to stop drinking alcohol or <clears throat> go off gluten? Because they're like, no, I came for an anxiety. Like, give me the cream for my vaginosis. Like, yeah. I'm not going to gluten. Is pizza gluten? Right. Like, <laughs> right. You can't open a closed mind. That's how I have always felt. And so I, if people are open to it and they say, I'm tired of taking all these medicines, that's the entry into, well, there is another way. But I didn't spend a very long time. I, I really always was a square peg in a round hole because I thought differently. I was always, I remember in med school saying, well, why is that happening? And honestly, the professor teaching that lecture was like, we don't, we don't ask that. Who asks that? Like, don't ask why. So I was always a little bit of a maverick or different. Right. So I didn't spend, so I spent five years, uh, I spent four years in residency. And then I spent five years as a practicing OBGYN in the mainstream. And of those five years, about a year and a half was when I was like, oh, there's functional medicine. Oh, I can start to get to the root cause. Mm-hmm. And then I jumped. So, so I didn't have a huge amount of time that I was suffering. Right. Right. And, and, and the other issue is that just from a constitution standpoint, I did not belong in a career where I was awake for 36 hours and stressed. That is not a good career choice for me. (laughs) So I needed to get, there were so many variables, so it wasn't terrible, but I also spent very little time doing it. Yeah. Um, a few weeks or months ago, I don't know. Um, I had someone on who was talking a lot about thyroid and, gluten and celiac came up again. So obviously like, so most of the people listening have some form of a doctorate and have quite a bit of nutritional training. So like there's celiacs. Yeah. Obviously those people need to like watch what soy sauce they and ketchup they're using. Let's talk about gluten sensitivity though. Sure. Like if you could wave a wand and just decide that a hundred percent of people were gluten, like just chose a gluten-free lifestyle. Like how many, well, let me actually, let me rephrase that. What percentage of people do you think would improve if they just removed gluten from their diet? Is it that big of an issue for like everyone? So can, can I not answer that until I, until we take a step back? Yes. Let's, let's drill into this. So it's on you to remember what question I asked though. (laughs) I will remember. I will remember. So celiac disease is the end result autoimmune issue that happens from exposure to gluten. It's genetically based. Okay. Okay. So if you, if you have one or both genes for gluten, they're called DQ2 or DQ8. If you have one or both of them, you are someone who could get celiac disease. Now, can we like test that in a baby? Yep. Yeah, it's a genetic test. You can test anyone. So of those people, only like one or 1% go on to actually get celiac. Okay. That's the autoimmune thing where your 
your villi, which are these little absorbing fronds in your gut have blunted. And instead of being, think of it like a kelp bed, instead of a kelp bed of flowing fronds, it's like nothing, it's blunted. So you don't absorb your minerals, nutrients that puts you at risk for low iron, low B12, osteoporosis, because you're not absorbing your calcium and, and your vitamin D and your magnesium, like all these downstream issues puts you at risk for lymphoma. There's all these issues, okay? But that's the end result. And only like 1% of people who have the genes get there. Actually, Mm -hmm. 1% of the population. So now you back up and you go, okay, you're not going to get, if you have the genes, you're at risk for celiac, but you can be what I call a celiac in training. And that's someone who has the genes, has reaction to gluten, but doesn't have the end result of the blunting and the, the failure to thrive. You can have kids who are failure to thrive, shortened stature. There's all kinds of consequences. Now, the natural question is, is it inevitable to get celiac? No, it's not. There's a million things that go into that. Your, your genetics is one, how, how bad the gene is from an expression standpoint, that's called epigenetics. That's two. Mm-hmm. How do you live? Do you eat a lot of gluten? What's your stress? How's your gut? million things go into whether you get celiac or not, but the goal would be prevent the development of the autoimmune disease. So going back to this, there's this whole spectrum of time where you can have gluten sensitivity, but not have an autoimmune disease. Then there's more. Okay. I promise you I'll answer your question. There's Mm -hmm. more. You can have gluten sensitivity with no genes. Those are called non-celiac gluten sensitivity. That encompasses people who have the genes and are what I call celiacs in training you know, they're practicing Mm -hmm. to be celiacs or people who don't have the genes and are never going to get celiac, but still have the gluten sensitivity. So of the population of people in the world, about 40% have DQ2 or DQ1, I'm sorry, DQ2 or DQ8. About 40% of the population has one or both or one of the other of those genes. Okay. And the celiacs in training. Correct. And then there's like 6% of people who can be non-celiac gluten sensitivity and don't have the genes. Now, put that together, that's about 50%. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the first thing to answer is, I would say, if you said to me, would I take everyone off gluten? Not really. My biggest issue with gluten is that you're not eating the wheat berries, you're eating it in a highly processed form. And that in and of itself is highly inflammatory, converts to sugar and is bad for you. Not because of your allergic issue, but because eating highly processed foods is an inflammatory behavior. It, it, mm-hmm. It's pro-inflammatory for eating. So if I were, if I, I don't think I would necessarily pick a fight with everyone going off gluten, but I would pick a fight with everyone going off processed foods because those are not, they're not good for you. They're, there's nothing about them. That's good for you. They taste great, but they're not good for you. Right. So, so if probably 50% of the population, it would be meaningful for them to reduce or cut down or significantly eliminate gluten. Mm-hmm. And then you mentioned thyroid because there is there yeah. is an association here. Do you have questions about that though? Before we dive into the um, no, no, you're doing good, but you're basically saying 100 percent people no processed foods. Yeah, well, what do they give you except right. to fill Not you that. up? Right. My osteopath just said to me yesterday. You know, we grew up poor, four boys. I was always hungry after dinner. What did we eat? Bread. Mm-hmm. He said he'd said I, I remember saying to my mom and dad, "I'm still hungry." They go have some bread. It'll fill you up. So that's what it's good for. If you, if you're really strapped for cash, it's going to fill you up. Pasta is cheap, but it's not going to talk about there's connection with thyroid then. Yes. So there's two parts to this one DQ eight 
which is one of the celiac genes, also has on it the gene for um, Hashimoto's and juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. Oh, wow. Right. You're like, oh, so now you start to see people who have any autoimmune disease should really consider cutting out processed carbs, including gluten. And then people with specifically with Hashimoto's and, and juvenile rheumatoid arthritis should especially consider cutting it out because of this association with the DQ8 gene and the fact that you start to turn on the gene and you don't want to turn on that gene. That, that gene should be quiet. We don't want to turn that on. So when you're working, so obviously, you know, you've got blood work yeah. for people. So like you take a much more, when you're working with someone, you take a very specific plan, but like, if you didn't have blood work and you were just going to make some like general say like, okay, is step one always going to be diet? Pretty much. I mean, you are what you eat mm-hmm. and you can eat your way to health. So, and food is so challenging for people given how busy we are, how much we run around, how easy it is to get processed food. The Sometimes there's food wastelands, depending on where you live, and it's difficult to even get high quality food. So I always start with food and look at how do you level up? You don't have to be perfect, but how do you level up? What's it going to look like? Um, and like, this is, so fruits and vegetables, I've just heard, so you know, organic, obviously, you know, you've got like the dirty dozen and all those, but like, what about this? Like they're super like not saturated with vitamins and stuff anymore and nutrients. And so it's like, so it's like, well, I was going to eat an apple and it was even going to be organic, but then like, do I have to eat six apples now to get the same? So like, where do you, do you also add supplements in when you're talking about just like nutrient density of things? There's so much in that, Lauren. So, so, <clears throat> excuse me, one, pick your battles, right? You no, wanna, I'm already you, getting overwhelmed when I know. So, <laughs> so pick your battles. Don't think too much about like, so if you start with food, here's what's really cool about organic food because they had to, f- the food had to fight for its survival against predators. When you think about organic food, if it's not being sprayed to eliminate its predators, it has to fight for its survival. And that fighting process raises its minerals and nutrients and, 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 and antioxidant properties. Ooh, so I, like, I love, I mean, right? that's cool. So simply by switching from inorganic to organic, you can raise the nutrient density of the food you're eating. That's one. Two, I have a bone to pick with the RDA because it's just a language thing. It's easier to say fruits and vegetables than it is to say vegetables and fruits. So when they put their thing together, they said fruits and vegetables, five to seven servings a day of fruits and vegetables. Well, one, it's too low. And B, people hear that and they go, okay, I ate six pieces of fruit yesterday. I'm like, God, you just got way too much sugar. You way exceeded the RDA for sugar and you need the vegetables because that's where you get the majority of your fiber, your antioxidants, your high nutrient density foods. You can eat as much broccoli and kale as you want, and you will not get fat, right? Right. But you can eat as much sugar as you want and you're going to get fat. So, Mm -hmm. so switching that it's harder to say, it's basically what I say to people is go for two people or put two pieces of fruit a day and aim for like nine servings of vegetables a day. 
preferably the dark leafy green one. So even now we're going to stratify it more. Don't eat nine servings of, of potatoes. You're going to get fat and you're going to be unhealthy. It's not good for you. Right. So go for things that are super colorful, you know, try challenge yourself to, especially in the Midwest, you know, it's, it's like, what do you eat? Meat and potatoes. No challenge yourself to expand, try something new. You on average have to try something 15 times in the same form before you can say if you like it or not. Right. And then are there, so are there supplements that you generally recommend like for people yeah. Yeah. So then the next, okay. So then the next level is say there's people who just can't eat that much or they can't afford it, or they have taste or food things. And I'm like, okay, well let's, let's supplement you. Now you and I live in colder climates. And so I think you live in a colder, I live in a colder climate. And so everyone's deficient in vitamin D because either it's not high enough to get the numbers for seven months of the year, or we put sunscreen on and seven might be even generous. So it's like <laughs> nine months a year, you can't get the vitamin D and three months a year, you put sunscreen on. So you're not getting your vitamin D. So vitamin D is to me, a platform staple because everyone is deficient. Mm-hmm. Then the B vitamins, a good B complex is going to provide the body with the methyl groups that you need to detoxify your toxins and poop them out that can be hormones, that can be the pesticides, that can be metals, whatever you're pooping out, it's bound to a methyl group most of the time. So a lot of times, so you need to have the B vitamins available to donate and those are activated B vitamins. So that means they're already methylated because 40% of the population has difficulty methylating. So make it easy on yourself. Just take a ready to ready to use, it's right? Probably that poor forty percent that has celiac or celiacs in training too, right? It's probably got both. You I got know. both. I got two of each. So terrible. And then a, a, a high quality fish oil is also really important because that's going to get you your stabilization of the cell membranes and and help your mitochondria and help the cells. So that's like your triad, your platform. What do you always have patients that are like, oh yeah, I got a fish oil somewhere. I think I got that at Costco and it was like in this giant. Yeah. Yeah. So the people who come to me, I'm like, look, I'm, I am, I am not brand conscious for most things. Like I'm not wearing any clothing. That's like a brand. Do do you know what I mean? So I don't walk around with a Prada purse or, or I'm just not that person. I think it looks nice, but I can't pay attention to it. But I say, I am brand conscious for supplements because if there's two issues with fish oil in particular, one, you want to know that they're not overfishing and destroying the the ecology of the ocean by overfishing. Two, you want to know that they are GMP certified. Uh, So maybe there's three issues that they really have good manufacturing processes and it's clean. And then three, you want to know they test for heavy metals because if they're harvesting heavy metal fish, then they concentrate that oil into your fish oil. You are now getting hyperdoses of mercury. Yay. No, you want to make sure it's tested for for mercury. So you're going to want to go for This is where quality matters. You're going to want to go for one of the physician grade brands, Nordic Naturals does check, and that's Mm -hmm. an over-the-counter brand, but they often have one that's not strong enough unless you go through a doctor to get the higher concentration. So most people need to take like two to three grams of fish oil a day. And those little pills have like a half a gram. So you got to take four to six to eight. And that's a lot. Yep. So go for a higher concentration, look for about a gram per dose and make sure they test for, for metals. That's the most important thing. Okay. All right. So let's say that I, I've agreed. I'm going to, I'm going to cut out some processed food. I'm going to start eating more leafy greens. 
I'm going organic and I'm taking some supplements. What's the next layer of detoxifying a woman's life or man, but the men, they have those giant livers that just do wonderful things. So um, what's that next layer of importance? That's like, okay, you want to become a little less dirty. Let's go here. Okay. Nobody's going to like this part. Shit. Yeah. Brace yourself, sister. Uh, hold on. Is alcohol still in my life at this point? Because I agree. I, I only agreed to the vegetables and pro- I st- is that number two? That's number two. <laughs> I know, buddy. Right. It's terrible. So, so number two is a big category. Oh, it's more than alcohol. So, alcohol al- no, you, so I'm a huge fan of level up, right? Not perfection level up. So women just flat out women can't tolerate two cups of wine a day. It's too much. It actually really messes us up. Now think about it. If you want to get healthy and you want to live to hundred and you want to have your brain intact and not have diabetes, you have to give your liver as much chance as it can to get rid of all the toxins we're exposed to just from living on this earth. Mm-hmm. And alcohol is a toxin. So basically what you're doing is you're setting fire to your bed and then saying, wait, why are you focusing on that? I want you to focus on you know, raking the leaves. No, you have a bigger issue, which is holy smokes, alcohol is a toxin. I got to get rid of this from my body. So alcohol will always throw you off the detox course. So any way to decrease is going to be better for you. So if you're at two drinks a day, if you're at a bottle a day, that's 750 calories, by the way, it's making you fat. So I would just like to say that I stopped drinking quite a bit and I did not lose a single pound and I'm bitter about it. You got toxins, babe. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I know. I'm like, congratulations. Did you go back to drinking and remove something else. No, no, no. Okay, okay. So I always say to people, like, the best supplements and the best diet in the world are useless if you abuse your body, because that's going to be way more powerful. So you have to sleep every night. You probably need to spend at least eight hours in bed. You need to make sure that your relationships with others are healthy because you have toxic relationship with yourself or others. It's going to impair your detox. We can get into the whole pathway of that, but just trust me, it's going to mess up your detox. Don't do it. You have to make sure that you are fulfilled in your job. If you hate your job, that's a stressor. It's a toxin. You have to get rid of it. What if you're self-employed? <laughs> do you hate your job? You love your job. You love what you do. You, and offload the things you hate if you're self-employed. Offload those things, right? Uh, you have to make sure that you, so sleep, stress, gut, How's your gut doing? Are you pooping every day? Because if you don't poop, you don't detox. Sweat, exercise, move your body. Like move your body, move the lymph. Mm-hmm. Your skin will detox for you. And, um, and, and don't be a stress ball. So do what you need to do to decrease your stress. So that's part two. Sometimes it's part okay, one. Right? So I'm, <laughs> part two was only alcohol? No, part two is all that. Was coffee? Oh, co- oh, you do, oh, you want to know about coffee? Well, some people do put coffee up their butt, so I'm pretty yes. convinced coffee's good. Uh, I don't think that coffee's intrinsically bad, but we were just talking about this on another podcast. So here's the thing: if you're tired and you drink coffee because you're tired and you need to p- prop up, then that's bad. And the reason is that you're asking your body to do something that it's telling you it doesn't want to do. Your body's like, "I'm tired," and you're like, "I don't care." get to work. That's not so good. If you're drinking coffee and it's organic, meaning you're not going to then concentrate all the pesticides into your drink, 
and it is mold free. So you're not going to concentrate all the mycotoxins oh, into your drink. Free. I've never yeah. seen a bag of coffee that says like zero. Yes. Mold. There's two brands mm-hmm. I know about. One is purity and one is bulletproof. Okay. So those are the two brands I know of. I'm sure there's others, but those are the two I know of. And purity is organic. I'm not sure if bulletproof is organic. So test that, you know, so, so if you're drinking coffee, cause you want to have an, you know, you go out and you want to have an experience with your friends and you're just hanging out and you're like, I'm going to get what a latte or get whatever. I don't even drink it. So I can't even throw stuff out at you. But if you're like, I want to do that as a good experience. Cool. Have your experience, but don't do it because you're making your body do something when it's telling you it wants to do something else. You're stressing your body. By the way, that shuts down detox because your body's stressed and you don't detox in a state of stress. This just seems. I know. And so like, this has got to be something that like, I can't be the only person who gets overwhelmed because it's like, yeah. Okay, I'm willing to do this, but it just feels like everywhere you turn. And then ultimately there's pesticides that yep. I have no control over. Okay, let's let's parse this out. So one, think of recovery like walking up a set of stairs. Let me back up even a step more. Rome wasn't built in a day. The Great Wall of China wasn't built in a day. Transforming yourself from where you are now to where you think you want to be is not going to happen in a day. It's a process. You're going to screw it up. It's going to feel aggravating and overwhelming. You're going to take breaks. It's okay. Just overall, make process now compared to where you were a year ago or a month ago or a week ago, whatever. Just aim for doing better each time. So when you start with this, you go, okay, you're not going to do all of this at once. You're not. Start with the food, see the impact. Start with the food and the triad supplements, cool. Notice that you start to feel more energy and you feel better, your gut's functioning better. And then you go, okay, I'm ready to deal with the alcohol. It's really impactful for people. So deal with the alcohol, either by cutting down or going cold turkey, whatever works for you. And list your environment so that you're not a lone, wear, a lone wolf. You know, you're not gonna do it alone. And then, and then tackle coffee or not. Maybe you leave coffee for later. And then tackle, what am I running out of that I need to level up on? What do you so, mean? so you shop for food every week. So every week there's an opportunity to get organic food, right? Mm-hmm. But then you clean your house. What are you cleaning your house with? There's an opportunity to stop exposing yourself to harmful pesticides. So do that. Would you say like cleaning products are kind of that next thing below alcohol? No, I would actually, I used it as an example, but I would actually say that beauty products are the next thing. Oh, come on. You know, Wendy, we're done. We're done. Yeah. (laughs) Bad news bear, right? You should just label this bad news bear, abandon all hope. But there is hope. There is hope. And I'll tell you why, Lauren. One, my hair grew back. Two, my rash went away. Three, I lost more weight than I had put on. Four, I have energy. Five, I sleep like a baby. Like, a baby who knows how to sleep. Right. Right. right? People are like, wait, my baby doesn't sleep. You don't sleep. Wakes up and eats every two hours. Right? I, can sleep I used to crave unbroken sleep when I was nursing my baby. So yeah. So unbroken sleep. So my quality of life and my brain is clearer. So my quality of life is so much better than it was when I was sick and didn't even realize I was sick. It's worth doing. 
right? But I didn't, by the way, I'm 51 and I got diagnosed with celiac at 35. Yeah. You know, I was kind of wondering because you're talking about how this first thing, nobody can see you because we just use the audio, but you look like 37. Well, thank you. I was like, I wasn't really sure. Like, is this, this is a compliment. Right. How does the timeline work? She was 48 when that happened. I'm 51 and I look, I, I, I look good, you know? So it's, it's, I'm not a, I met a woman on the plane. She was my age. I was like, oh, she's been aged, man. You know, like, so it ages us. The, uh, the alcohol, the being tired, the not drinking enough water, it ages us. And so, so it's just really important to take care of ourselves. So you're not going to do it overnight. I've been in this game for 16 years. And so what you want to do is just pick one thing that you're running out of. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you use? Uh, beauty, beauty counter is my favorite brand. They have everything. So as you run out of it, you're like, oh, I'm just going to buy it from beauty counter. Mm-hmm. And here's the argument I always get. People say it's more expensive. And I'm like, you're right. It's more expensive, but you can't count the effect that you can't count the cost of your chronic illness. Nobody says, oh, it's too expensive to treat my chronic illness. Right. They're like, oh, I need that. I need this insulin and I need these medicines and I need this patch and I need this drug. So if you head to diabetes, you're going to treat it. You're not going to say it's too expensive. So you, I would much rather put my funds into prevention than reaction. So it's just about what your philosophy is. And again, yeah. like go slowly. I mean, this is what I do for a living is walk people through it. Go slowly, read the book, right? Read the book. Cause that's, yeah. we walk you through it there. So it's like, how do you clean up your life over time? And I still screw it up. I forget to check environmental working group and I buy something because the packages looks clean and I'm like, get home and I'm all psyched. And I'm like, oh crap, I screwed it up again. I did it again. I do it yeah. all the time. I do it like, I don't know, 10 times a year. I screw something up, you know? Oh, 10 times. Oh. It um, happens. It happens. Move so on. Talk to me a little more about de- detoxification. Like I yeah. feel like detoxing is just... There's just, there's detoxes here. There's this and that, like tell teach me or tell me like something surprising. So I know you said something about like, you know, our skin, our skin is our largest detoxifying organ, our liver. Like we've got supplements. Teach me something. Okay. So you can literally eat your way to detox. If you eat enough foods that support phase one and phase two, Uh, your liver does detox in two phases. And in the middle of phase one and phase two, it creates this toxic metabolite that's uh, electronically reactive. It's a free radical, basically. It's a reactive oxygen species. So it's, it's bad for you. So foods that are high in like curcumin, curcumin, turmeric, garlic, onions, these kinds of things help phase one. Phase two is flesh as well as uh, all of the cruciferous vegetables, all of these things help your body to detoxify. Flesh? Flesh, yeah. Um, meat, poultry, lamb, chicken, right? <laughs> I was wondering if that's what you meant, but I'm like, what'd she, she say? My flesh? Does she mean like my flesh? Like my yeah. flesh is doing deep? No, on yourself. No, <laughs> eating, eating some type of animal product, as long as it's cleaner, does support detox. Well, I'm glad because I thought that was what you were going to tell me I had to get rid of in phase nope. four of this thing. Nope. Eat every food, eat, eat the rainbow, eat every food. As long as it doesn't come out of a package and isn't highly processed, you're good. See how much of it you can get in a week that's different, right? Yeah. Oh, God. Like steps, right? We're so proud of how right. many steps we take, but we're not like, hey, I tried three new foods this week. 
Mm-hmm. It just feels so um, like <laughs> swapping out a salad for lunch. You know, this is the hard part with like taking care of yourself, right? Where it's like, you just don't get the reward. You don't get that immediate satisfaction. Right. I said to my trainer, I've been working out heavily on my arms for a week and a half. Why aren't they ripped? <laughs> it's like that, right? We like, you know, we think, oh, we're going to do this and it's going to happen fast. It's, it's not, it's, you can feel 50% better in about six to eight weeks. If you, that, do, it okay. for, if you do it for six to eight weeks, you're going to be like, oh, especially if you cut out alcohol, you're going to be like, wow, wow. Right. A ton of my gut issues went away. Yeah. 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 It's like the bad news bear. And I, I'm, that's why I said to you, this is where people stop listening. Right. Because it's, it's, it's both. And, and the thing that's really confronting for people is we have a lot of attachments to our food. Oh, I always eat that. My mom made that when I was a kid, you're supposed to eat this here. There's a lot of rules that we have that are historical. <clears throat> and so starting to notice them and pull off our attachment to how it should be. And just to how, what works, you know, what works for me? How do I feel when I eat that? I don't ever use the language. I'm bad. I don't ever use the language. I cheated. I don't ever use the language. I fell off my diet because that doesn't empower me. I use the language. I ate something and I didn't feel well afterwards, or mm-hmm. I ate something and I noticed that I gained weight and I don't really want to gain weight. So it's like coming down to, as opposed to judging yourself, like really not, not railing on how bad you are, but just like, oh, I did that. And that didn't work for me. So the question is, what do I need to do to prevent that from happening? Was I hungry, tired, stressed, feeling isolated, feeling left out? What are the reasons that people do things that don't work for them? It's, it's an emotionally driven thing. Yeah. Well, this was (laughs) shit. Not good. I'm not happy with you, Wendy. A good start, right? (laughs) This is good. Um, I want to read your book. Can you tell me and the listeners where Amazon? Yeah. So if you're going to go, definitely Amazon and don't just type in dirty girl because you're going to go places (laughs) you may or may not want to go. And type in dirty girl. (laughs) Right. So type in dirty girl detox or dirty girl trubo, which is my name, or, um, yeah, it's a bright yellow cover. So you'll eventually see it if you get to dirty girl. And so that's on Amazon and we have a free guide to non-toxic guide to healthy living. Cause you know, that deer in the headlights look that you gave me when I was like, clean up your life. You were like, "Ah!" so it's at fivejourneys.com forward slash promo. That'll get you started so that you can say like, instead of this, do this, that'll help you. Okay. Okay. And then uh, on all of the social media, it's at Wendy Trubo MD. You could find me Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Awesome. Well, thank you. Like I, I appreciate. I love functional medicine <laughs> yeah. people. Function, functional medicine docs. I'm like, I didn't know what medicineists. I was gonna say, yeah. Um, and I just hope that this starts becoming more mainstream because working with patients. You know, I, as a chiropractor, I'm just, I feel kind of helpless with a lot of the things where it's just like, it's too much. It's, there's too much anxiety. There's too much autoimmune. There's too many rashes. There's too many like allergies year wrong. And it's just like kind of constant. And like, I need more. I'm just so happy that docs like you exist. So we fix that. Yeah, we fix. I feel like we need a staples button, right? Like, yeah, we've got that. Got that. So it's all right. Well, all right, she slayers, go buy the book. It's I can see the cover behind her. It looks adorable and 
uh, will make a great Instagram pic too. That's how I, my husband me a Kindle for Christmas and I love it. He wasn't sure I was going to love it. And I'm like, my only complaint is that I don't get to do these cute Instagram, like things anymore. So I'll buy your book, uh, the real one. So I can take it. Thank you. Enjoy. It's a fun read. It's a horrifyingly fun read. (laughs) Right. I was going to say, yeah, it sounds like your interview. Um, Right. But you horrify me. So yes. Yes. All right. She Slayers, go check out Dr. Wendy Trubo. And until next week, bye. Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait.